gentlemen, welcome to Oral Presentations Podcast, Episode 70, The Theory of Flight. What's up? This one turned into a test episode on me by accident. I didn't mean it to be, but it, it kind of turned into, I think it was Episode 12, where I, I made myself try to explain electricity. I, was, I remember being so nervous for that one, I recorded it without a shirt on. The sound engineer, Mishuli, came in and set it up. And I do. I was sweating so hard for that one. And I don't think anybody else was in that house. So when he when he left, I made him hug me because I was nervous. I made him hug me, and then he left, and I took my shirt off. I was sweating too much. And I don't think I said that in the episode. But yo, I was nervous for that one. But this this one felt like I felt making the notes for the electricity for twelve. Because all right, so initially, I want to do the history of human flight. That's the plan. And I want to do that because I'm pretty sure it's mostly like Magneto Gorsk asked accidents of guys being like, yo, I got it. And then going up on a high tower and then having their friends be like, you think he's going to do it? You think he's not? And then it doesn't work out for like 3000 years. That's why I wanted to do the history of human flight to go ahead and chart like, all right, who took a whack at it? How? What was the plan? Why'd you think it was a good idea? Did anybody believe in him? But to do that, I wanted to also cover the science of flight so I could maybe learn something while I'm also learning about all these guys jumping off of towers because they're way too confident for no reason. So I wanted to do the science part as well. So the first plan was one big episode, going to do the science up front, and then we'll do all the brave souls who gave it a try on the back end. And the plan was to use the science from the beginning of the episode to diagnose or like have a more educated eye when we look at the guy's different attempts to try to fly around in the sky in like 400 AD. Were they trying that? Now, yeah, it goes back like 2,000 years. The, so anyway, the story portion is going to be the Patreon episode this week. Um, I think it starts back in ancient China with like big kites. Um, so this is going to be the science portion. I had to split it up because at the, I'll just tell you right now, I was going to do it all as one big one, and then I got to a certain point in trying to learn about the theory of flight, like actual how flight works, and I, I don't want to leave it till the end. You know, most of the stuff I'm going to talk about as far as like how, how, how things fly in the air, I learned it was pretty much applicable to underwater situations also, just because of how physics, somehow physics related. When I learned that, I was like, all right, I got to split this up into two episodes. Jesus. Like, and I don't go, I, I, I've done no research, I've, I've looked into 0% what that really means. I was just looking into how airplane wings work, and then there was a thing that said, like, oh, also, almost all of this you could, you could use in underwater scenarios. And then my brain started thinking about how boats work, and then how boats work kind of ties into this, especially when we're talking about lighter-than-air flight, which we are going to cover on this. We're going to do uh, lighter-than-air flight, or lighter-than-aircraft flight. Which is like balloons and stuff. That's going to be the first part. And then we're going to do heavier than air flight. We're going to talk about the four forces at play that have to be delicately balanced out to be able to allow for heavier than air flight, uh, which just means like planes. We're going to look at it from a toucan's perspective because I got to pick the animal for the example when I was trying to learn this stuff. And I was like, all right, if you don't pick a fun animal, <laughs> like there's, I had no shot at picking this up because it's, I, I like physics because it's math, but in pictures, which I, I like a lot. But even then, it's like, all right, to, like, to actually pick it up, I do have to. Like, so anyway, 
There's a couple scenarios at the end of this where we use a toucan based example, uh, demonstrating the, uh, the correlations between the forces at play uh, with flight. So this is like a science heavy episode that felt testy, but there's, there's no reason that this is a test for anybody. If anything, it's just going to be kind of a cool look. And even if you pick up like 15% of this, dude, like, yo, you could be watching porn right now. Like, this is still, so even if you get 5% of this, it's still, you still learned something. I don't know. So I, had, I got to make the own example. So, so we're going to look at it from a toucan's perspective in a second. So we're going to do lighter than air, heavier than air, all the science involved in flight. So for when we do the story about who tried what, when, and how to actually try to fly, in the story portion of uh, the history of human flight, we'll be able to use the science that we learned in this one to be able to try to ballpark who we think has a shot of doing any sort of flying at all before it comes to, ho like, hopefully a quick end, you know? So anyway, that's what this episode is. All right, so let's start off. We're going to start with lighter-than-air flight. Um, now, this is the first method that was used by people to fly around at all. And I don't know, I'm kind of conflicted when I was learning about this, because they, they do call it, it's totally a valid form of flight, but it didn't, when I started trying to figure this out, it was not what I was looking for. That's why I just put it up front here, we're just going to cover it in a sec, but it's just, like the example that they use is uh, smoke counts as lighter than air flight. So like the thing that's flying around is like lighter than air, so it takes so little to generate an incredible amount of lift to get the, the lighter than aircraft afloat, for like in the example of smoke. So if the chimney pumping out a bunch of smoke, that's not actually air. That's like smoke is a bunch of tiny particles altogether, but they're so small and so light, they have barely any weight to them. So they go up in the air. So smoke is like the first example we have. Now, if you want to bring it a little bit closer to home here for lighter than air flight, ladies and gentlemen, put your hands together. Lawn chair Larry's drunk ass is back in play here. Hey, we did a, a dude named Lawn Chair Larry on Patreon a while ago. He's a guy in 1982. He was like a truck driver who like hung out at military surplus stores. So what he did, he, uh, he decided to put a bunch of balloons on a lawn chair. I mean, there really wasn't a whole lot of plan to this. It was just 82 and he had a project he was working on. So, uh, but lawn chair Larry counts as lighter than air flight or ballooning in general does. Um, so lawn chair Larry used 45 helium balloons and it was enough to counterbalance out his weight so the whole craft which was just him in a lawn chair and i remember he brought a six pack with him started drifting up in the air because the force of the lift was greater than the force of gravity so larry started going sky high now one of the problems with lighter than air flight specifically in larry's case here aside from he did uh he did make his girlfriend pay for the whole thing which is one problem he had but also once he was up in the air Later than air flight, ballooning, Larry couldn't steer. So he ended up going into, what airport was it? I think it was, uh, I don't think it's San Pedro. Pedro doesn't have an airport. Oh, it was Long Beach. Okay, he ended up drifting into the Long Beach airport, and then he did come down on some power lines. Now, that's one of the disadvantages to later than air flight, specifically in Larry's case of ballooning. Uh, he ended up getting arrested, I'm pretty sure, and like he thought it was going to be like an inspirational thing. It really didn't work out. Kind of a sad story, but... I mean, he went for it. Also, I don't think his girlfriend broke up with him immediately afterwards. It's been a while since I looked the story up, but I think his girlfriend stayed with him after she paid for him to fly around in a lawn chair on, on news and crash in some power lines and get arrested and have the country make fun of him. So it wasn't all a sad story. They kept it going, which is nice. Anyway, so that's lighter than aircraft flight. Uh, pretty simple. All right. Going to get into some, some physics here. Here we go. 
heavier than aircraft flight. All right. Now, again, the example we're using here, you know, imagine yourself as a toucan. I also imagined myself as a toucan while I made these notes. We are a jungle bird. And I also have some toucan facts mixed in here. At one point in time, I got so carried away with the toucan angle here that this almost became an episode about toucans that had nothing to do with flight. There's a decent amount of toucan facts in here. So, heavier than air flight. You are a toque. You're, you're dealing with four forces here. One, your weight. Now, weight is going to drag you down. And how do you find out weight? The technical equation, which you don't have to know because there is no test. This is just a podcast. There's no reason you'll ever need to know any of this. But the equation to find weight is mass times gravity. So that's your weight, your toucan body, staying in shape, hopping around the jungle. Ooh, that's a toucan fact I found out. They're not great flyers. Toucans, as a bird, mostly just hop around. They really rarely fly. There's also about 40 different species of toucans. All right, back to physics. So, your toucan body weighing you down, making it hard to fly there. What you're going to need to do is use your toucan legs, run fast, because you need some thrust here. That's the second force at play. Third force, drag. Once you start running, you're going to have air hit your toucan beak and face. Like if you go out for a jog, you're going to have, you know how you have air hit your face? That counts as drag, and specifically, that's called pressure drag. Drag breaks down into two different categories. One is pressure drag, like you're outside, you know, just running, doing a 5K, and that you feel the wind against you. That's pressure drag. The other one is called, and it, dude, I thought this was called vicious drag for a while while I was making these notes. I had to go on to one of those speak and spell websites. But I don't know why. I kept reading it as vicious drag, and I couldn't believe that that, that was an actual physics term. It's called viscous drag. So don't, I mean, that was just a reading comprehension fail on my part. Uh viscous drag which links to viscosity which is uh the state of being thick so the idea is that like there's friction uh is a type of drag like this is the type of drag like if you're a swimmer and you don't shave your legs uh then you get viscous friction on your legs because the the hair on your legs is dragged into the water again relates to viscosity which is a state of being thick also, real quick, toucans, one of the noisiest bird species. They don't shut up. They're always talking. Uh, oh, one more thing. They, they live about 20 years. So, okay, so the four forces at play, we got weight, thrust, drag, and the fourth one is lift. Now, these forces pair off, and we'll do two examples with the pairings, just in case you ever have to remember it. But again, you'll never really have to remember this stuff. I just did it to try to understand it a little bit better. So, the forces break down into... Weight, which is your toucan body weighing you down, and lift, which is underneath picking you up. We're going to go more into lift in a second, specifically with wing design. But for these purposes, if you're imagining yourself as a toucan, there's a weight arrow pressing down on you. There's two lift arrows pressing up on your belly. There's two thrust arrows going behind you, which is good. And then you got one drag arrow hitting you in the face. But if you use those arrows as units, because we're not going to do real physics with numbers, there's no fucking way I'm doing that on this podcast. I just used arrows in the pictures. So if you got two on thrust and two on lift and only one on weight and one on drag, you're a toque and you're flying. Things are going pretty well. Now, let's take a look at lift a little bit more because this is the, the actual physics part that... But again, it's not... The language is going to be intimidating... It intimidated me, dude. The jargon of science people felt like it was a barrier to keep me out. I, I was just like dumb for a minute. And then eventually, yeah, don't even worry about lift. Because 
the example I thought of here, if you ever been on a road trip and you put your arm out the window and then you do you do the the air sea snake, you know what I'm saying? With your hand going up and down. Don't even be intimidated. That's where this ends up. Just real quick, we'll go through the actual language of lift. It ends up with road trip hand snake. It's not even bad at all. You may walk away actually knowing how lift works, which is pretty sick. Although it is a pretty dumb example, but it's the way I had to understand it. Okay, so lift. You need this to make a heavier than aircraft flight possible. And you need the force to be equal or greater than gravity. That's what you're looking to defeat here because we got to go up in the air. All right, so the force we're looking to increase is lift. Which brings us to something called the Bernoulli equation. Again, don't let the jargon come get you. Don't worry about this. This was just a Swiss dude in 1738 who did a bunch of math and figured out some shit that I tried to make as easy as possible here. So Dan was hanging out in Switzerland, 1738, and he figured out that if you smash together pressure energy, kinetic energy, and potential energy, you get a constant along a streamline. Do you ever need to know what that is? No, but I felt like I needed to put that in for like posterity of science people. If any science people listen to this, at least I gave it a shot. I said the words, okay? So what that means for our purposes is an increase in velocity equals a decrease in pressure. If you're still lost, don't worry. This is still just science jargon. Just wait. We're getting to the hand snake, dude. Once we hit hand snake, we're fucking road tripping all the way across the country. Don't worry about it. We're still in science land. Stay with me. So increase in velocity equals a decrease in pressure. So if you imagine your hand, we'll just start the example early, right? So you're road tripping, arm out the window, 90 degrees, and you're going to just keep it straight at first. That's how it starts because you don't know if your friends are watching in the car or not, right? So your arm's out the window, and you're just doing a straight thing just to feel the air go up and down evenly across your palm and your knuckles because it's a straight arm out the window. So let's call your hand from like your wrist to your fingers. Just call that thing an airfoil. Because that's kind of what this thing looks like, the science example. And I didn't really have another way to describe it other than... Seriously, I thought of the Maharaja Jewel from Quackshot was the only other way I had to describe the teardrop shape of an airfoil. So let's stick with your hand out the window, okay? Because there's no other way unless you're like a weird 34-year-old who played Sega in 92 that you're going to get that. So hand out the window. Here we go. It's an airfoil. So as your, your buddy's driving, your hand's out the window. Let's say you're riding shotgun. The air's going evenly because you're straight at the wrist. Just straight snake right now, looking forward. So, let's say you tilt your fingers upward. Now, this is when your snake gets going, right? Everybody's done it. So, tilt your fingers upward, and what that does to the flow of air as it moves around your airfoil, a.k.a. just your hand, the, the head of your sea snake that's about to get going on this road trip, the air that goes around it, so the air that goes above you as your fingers go upwards that air that now gets to go across your knuckles as you ang angle your fingers upwards is going so much faster now because it has way less resistance. It's hauling ass across the top of your hand now as you angle your fingers upward because an increase in velocity causes a decrease in pressure. So there's less pressure because air's moving faster. So your hands, like, it wants to go up because it's the beginning of the sea snake, right? So as your fingers want to go up because there's a decrease in pressure, like right along like your knuckle ridge as you're sea snaking it right at the beginning, underneath on your palm, there's an increase in pressure because the air, as your buddy's driving the car down the highway, the air that's now hitting like your palm and underneath your arm as you angle your fingers upward causes an increase in pressure because there's a slowing of the air as it travels underneath your hand in the palm. So that's why your sea snake head wants to kick up 
right? So just to review, road trip, hand out the window, straight sea snake, fingers up. What happens then? You got low pressure above, like on your knuckle ridge line, or yeah, and then you got high pressure underneath your palm. So your sea snake head wants to go up. Now, you just reverse that because it's time for the sea snake to, to take a dive. What happens then? Then the air on the top of your hand now, as you angle your fingers down, becomes high pressure, like on the knuckles, because that's slow air because there's resistance. And then the air that goes underneath your fingers becomes the fast air with the low pressure. So both forces, as you see snake your arm out the window during this road trip, that's all lift is. Just make your hand an airplane wing and that's lift. It's just sea snake out the window. I hope that made sense to somebody. I think I fucked it up three quarters of the way through, but that doesn't mean that's a failure of a test episode. There's a genuine mistake in here. The highs and lows got me there for a second if you caught that. I was on like robot, please, I had to make like a 50-50 guess on high and low pressure. I don't know which one I messed up, but I'm all right with it. We're going to keep going. Anyway, so that's lift. All right, so as the forces pair off, Weight is pushing straight down and lift is pushing straight up. Here's a cheat code to remember that. If like there's ever a hostage situation where a group of terrorists have your family and they're like, I'm going to kill your family if you don't tell me one of the pairs of the forces at play when you're dealing with a theory of flight and you have to name one of the two pairs, go with this one. It's weight and lift. And you can just remember it with the word weightlifting. That sounds... About as dumb as possible. You hear how how discovery, how how much of a gem I think that is with how I said that? But see, I thought of that and I was like, oh, dude, I'll never forget that the rest of my life. The One of the pairs is weight and lift because of the word weightlifting. If this ever comes up, I can, I have 100% confidence in that one Jeopardy answer. Now, don't ask me the other two. We're going to cover those other two in the second toucan-based example we have here. But yeah, the weight and lift, if you ever need that Hasha situation or anything like that. Go with weight and lift. So, our example here is, let's say, I mean, it's a toucan today, right? So, it's a pandemic toucan. So, what's happened? Too many snacks. Now, real quick, what do toucans eat? Okay, so one place said toucans were omnivorous, which means they eat everything. However, another place said they were, and I've never heard this word before, frugivores, which is only fruit or mostly fruit. Anyway, so they, people don't really even know what to, what to call toucans. However, this is what they list for both of those terms. Fruits, berries, lizards, and small birds. Did you know toucans are out there chomping their neighbors? Whoa. Anyway, so in this scenario that we're going to solve to see how we correct our flight of our toucan. Let's say we're having problems flying because we've had too many snacks during the pandemic. Over too long a period of time, we put on weight. It's not all feathers, you know? So how do, what force are we going to have to increase in order to balance out that we, you know, we ate our neighbor's kids, you know? Put on a little bit of weight. So which force are we going to balance so we can still fly as the proud toucan we are? Answer, I mean, it's an obvious answer, dude. I said it like two seconds ago. Lift. Weight lifting, right? There we go. That's, that's, if I was a teacher, that's as hard as my questions go. Until they, until somebody would ask me like, hey, can I see what tests you're giving the kids? It would be just that. Just give me the pairing. We're not doing any numbers, anything like that. Weight, lift. I feel like you're good unless you're making rockets. I mean, I don't really understand how much science you really need to know in your life for other jobs, but I feel pretty good about this. Weight lifting. I'm way too proud of that. All right, so if you want to go extra credit on this scenario of our heavy set toucan, extra credit, 
If we had to increase lift, how would we do that? All right, the amount of lift depends on the speed of the air going around the wing. Okay, it also depends on the density of the air, but we're not going to cover that. That doesn't concern us. So for us, the amount of lift depends on the speed of the air going around the wing. Or if we go back to hand snake out the window example, how fast your buddy's driving that car is how radical your hand snake gets with the up and down. So if he's going like 110 trying to scare you, your hand snake is wild, right? But if he's going 40, you barely got any hand snake going. Same principle here. So <laughs> I was so serious with same principle here after totally going hand snake. I don't know if you understood that example at all, but I feel pretty confident about it. Anyway, so to get our heavy set toucan up off the ground, we would have to generate more lift. And to do that, we'd have to increase the speed of the air going around the wings, which means we're going to have to increase how fast we move our little toucan hops. That's how we would increase our, our lift. We got to start doing squats if we want to increase the lift. Or honestly, we could probably cut back, stop cannibalizing our neighbors, stop eating so many lizards, you know, maybe try to go to sleep with like, you know, take a hot shower instead of eating yourself to sleep every now and then. I don't know. Either way, pandemic two cam, I'm sure we'll turn it around. But if you want to counteract weight, you got to increase the lift. And you do that by increasing the speed of the air that travels around the wings. And you do that by getting your hops on. All right. So the second pairing that I don't have like a word thing to remember with that I'm way too proud of is drag and thrust. So if up and down is weight going down, lift going up. Drag and thrust is, if you're going straight, drag is hitting you in your toucan beak, and your thrust is going behind you, coming from your legs, or however you're going to generate power. So the example I have for this, all right, so if we're hanging out, by the way, another toucan fact, toucans hang out in about, like, groups of six, like small packs, they kind of run together, they're very loud, they kind of seem like fun birds. Anyway, so that ties into this scenario. So you're hanging out with your friends, jungle hut, whatever, it's late, you go outside. What happens, you've always kind of been a clumsy toucan, and you slip and you fall in a barrel of oil. A barrel of dirty jungle oil with leaves in it. It's all over you. You can't believe this. Your friends don't know about it yet, right? So you climb out of the barrel. You're like, oh my god, right? And now we, we are covered, and we are an oily toucan, right? Oh no. But our friends still don't know. But they're probably going to come outside soon, right? So we got to get airborne, and we got to run before they come out of that jungle hut and see that. Because we already have a reputation of being clumsy, and the older we get as a toucan, again, we only live about 20 years old. We're trying to fix the things that were wrong when we were a younger toucan. So we want to kind of shake this reputation of being clumsy, even though we did fall in this dirty jungle oil. We got to get airborne right now before our boys get out of that jungle hut and see it. And I'm never going to live this down if they see this, right? Let's get airborne, you toucan. So... Unfortunately, the oil has also given our toucan fat. We have like a Medusa head now. Dude, it is a mess. We look ridiculous. If they come out and see this, our feathers are all over the place. So that is going to increase our drag. Just like if we were a swimmer in a pool and we had hairy legs, exact same thing. It's going to increase what the force that slows us down as we try to travel forward. So how do we counteract that? Got to get some thrust going. We got to run, get that fight or flight, toucan instinct going. I Use it for your, for your reputation. Come on, man. Do you want to be known as a clumsy toucan forever? Come on, dude. Get going. Get hopping off some trees. You got to increase your speed. Increase your thrust because you got more drag because you're all oily because you fell in a barrel. It was such a good night. Now you got to run and act like you had to go somewhere. Anyway, so the pairs of forces at play, you got weight versus lift. You got drag versus thrust. And that's for heavier than air craft flight. 
Again, I've debated whether or not to put craft in heavier than aircraft and heavy and lighter than aircraft because it, it sounds silly when I say it out loud. So heavier than air is just like, in our case, a toucan. You can use it in an airplane wing. Just anything that's heavier than air. Lighter than air flight is launch air larry and balloons and smoke and shit. That, like, you can't really steer, but it still technically counts. I'm not going to say it's not flight, obviously, but it's just it's not the kind of flight that I can really get into. So, episode 70. The theory of flight. How did I do? I de- dude, that hand snake got away from me. Honestly, if we're looking back, I definitely, I got, I'm, those forces, the hand snake wasn't a bad idea though, right? Did you follow me on the hand snake a, a little, right? You, you could at least picture it, but the, I'm telling you, the high and the low pressures, man. I tried to map that out as best I could, but either way, you know more about how planes work than you did, right? Again, and you could have been doing so many other things that are not productive. I'm not saying this was productive, but like, I don't know. I'm going to call it a stalemate, you know? Like nap, same. Same thing with nap. I don't know. It depends how tired you are. Anyway, guys, thanks for listening to the show. Uh, uh, Later this week, we're going to have the actual story of the people who tried to figure out flight, and we're going to use the pairing of the forces when we take a look at their plans and see how do we think it's going to go. And uh, if not, I'll talk to you next week. Thanks so much for listening, guys. I'll talk to you later on. All right, I'll see you.